What's up, everybody? This is the Elks Call, and you're here with the Elks Herd. My name is Scout, aka the Reference Section X. And I'm Catherine, aka to even Elks. And today we have a very special guest, a longtime Double E fan, Daryl Henderson. Daryl, what's up, man? Not much. How are you guys doing? Good, man. Good. Still yeah. that you're on the show today. I'm excited. First time ever on a podcast. Should be good. Nice. Podcast virginity. We took it. So this week, uh, the Edmonton Elks are taking on the bye week. They're taking hey. on the bye week. They're not going to lose this week. So uh, that's absolutely amazing. If there's a silver lining. <laughs> we get a break from the punishment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we kind of need it. Um, so today on our show, we're going to go ahead and quickly reflect on the last game. Loss number eight in a row for the Edmonton House. Loss number 21 in a row at mm-hmm. home. Of course, they broke the North American sports record for losing. Um, yeah, that one's rather disappointing. And then after that, uh, we're going to dig into our very first fan forum. So... We're going to go ahead and we're going to roundtable a couple of hot topics around this team right now. Uh, you know, about the, the recent changes, uh, the quarterback changes, uh, the fan base, X, Y, Z. So we're going to go through that. And then at the end, we're going to ask Daryl a couple of questions in the more you didn't know. <laughs> so, I mean, we're pretty stoked about this episode. It's going to be a good one. We're on the bye week um we don't really have the pressure of a game coming up we don't have to be worried about a loss yeah we definitely don't we we get a little bit of a break i think it gives everybody just a minute to take a deep breath and uh, you know just prepare ourselves for even more punishment so. well exactly and, and speaking of punishment uh catherine you have the recap. Uh, would you like to go through the last game's recap against BC? Yeah, yes and no. I mean, we're gonna, we're definitely going to talk about the game against the BC Lions that was on July 29th that we ended at 27-0. So a nice little shutout. But I don't necessarily have much to say, to be honest, because it was not a good game. The reality is that I don't want to continue repeating myself, and we saw a lot of the same plays, a lot of the same game that we had seen. Um, so there's really not much to say. I'll give you just a very brief kind of idea of what happened and what I thought on that, and then we'll just discuss a little bit. Uh, we did see 10 penalties for 177 yards, so I believe that was another record. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was a nasty, <laughs> definitely a nasty one, yeah. Um, we also saw the defense show up, as they usually do on every single game. Um, but then you can tell that they started getting tired just as the second half starts. Um, special teams was okay, especially on the return. Um, and we, of course, have a good good punter with Julian. So Yeah, Jake Julian, yeah. I mean, faithful is a hit or miss. And, of course, our offense is just not working. So... I don't necessarily want to get into too much detail quarter by quarter like I usually do because, uh, to be honest, it was not a good game. Daryl, what do you what do you think about that game? Well, I think the main reason you're seeing a lot of what you like it there was you're just at risk of repeating yourself is because 
we keep seeing the same thing week in and week out. And I think that's in large part due to the fact that up until a couple days ago, they hadn't made any form of changes whatsoever. So it's kind of like the definition of insanity is to do it all over again. And if you don't change anything and you're expecting different results, well, hopefully, hopefully when they come back from bye week and now they've done something different, we will see some form of different result, even if it's not a W. Uh, it's we want to see competitive competition, a competitive game, some touchdowns. But like eight weeks in a row, it's it, you know it's been up, it's been down. There's been there have been a few scores, but largely the offense has not really moved the needle. And uh, and that you can just like you said, rinse, repeat for eight weeks. So yeah, it, last game was no different than the seven before it. Yeah. Well, I remember talking in the last episode about how my hope was just to see a competitive game. Yeah. And we, right off the get-go, we did not get to see any of that. Right. So. No. Well, and I mean, by the way, shout out to John Kirby, uh, watching the show today. Uh, <laughs> the Stingers Jersey comment. Yes. Stingers. We'll talk about them later on in the show, but um for the last eight games right for the last eight games and this is once again something that we've already talked about on this show um it it, it becomes very frustrating when you realize that preseason game one was the best that let's say the offensive line looked. maybe that's the best that the team has actually looked was preseason game one um within that jared daggy uh quarter you know like that was an amazing quarter but this team hasn't they, – they've clicked to a degree, but the offense has very rarely – like, I, how many games have we actually got above 20 points? I, have we even got a game over 20 points off the top of your head? I don't think – we might have had one or yeah, two. Yeah, yeah, we had a couple, for sure. Over That we got over 20. Yes. But then on the defense, we got absolutely <laughs> obliterated, right? So that's, that's not all offensive points either. That's special teams. That's defense. Yeah, exactly. I, I've, been, I've been tracking the offense and like the team offense, like the points that are scored that are on the board. Yeah, you can get a twenty point, but that's not even. You get a touchdown from the offense, and the rest of it's coming from specials or defense. Like it's the the exactly. offense. I, I think without even looking backwards, like just anecdotally in my head this has got to be just about the worst offense i've watched at home in the 40 years that i've been going it's been mm-hmm. terrible well exactly and when you have eddie Steele and calvin mccarty and odell willis and all of these guys that played for these coaches right that's what's frustrating is they are they couldn't be more frustrated than anybody else that's mm-hmm. watching all of this unfold because they played for these guys so they're watching stephen mcadoo using the same kind of offensive play calling that he did in 2015 or just cookie cutter play calling cookie cutter very very vanilla style coaching and play calling to the point where they had to make a change Mm -hmm. the edmonton elks now have to make a change they have to make multiple changes there's not just going to be one change that fixes this the o-line still needs help the o-line is still absolutely porous so it all starts with the O-line, and then on top of that, you have your coaching and your offensive coordinating. It is nice, and we'll, we'll talk about – maybe we should just dig into it. 
quickly to go. We can but just, but just, but just again, dig right into this sandworm because it sounds like we're already a little fired up. All right, so we'll just get right into this. This is a new segment called the Fan Forum where we're going to talk about some hot topics surrounding the elves. And our live listeners will get to chime in on each topic we discuss. Make sure you comment in the live chat after we ask the question as we'll look at the chat after the three of us have answered and we'll we'll hopefully get to it. Looks like we're not too busy in the live chat today, so this will work great. We'll uh, just talk for you. Exactly. Maybe it'll be an intimate... Uh... Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> yes. Oh, John, John Kirby's in for it, though. Okay, so first topic. Former CFL quarterback and offensive coordinator Jarius Jackson is now the offensive coordinator for the Elks with Stephen McAdoo moving to the defensive side as an advisor. Also announced was Taylor Cornelius moving to QB3. Do you think these changes will stop the bleeding for the Edmonton Elks? Daryl, what do you think? Um, I, th- I think that it has potential. I don't expect to see... I don't expect to see like a huge big change like come next week. Uh, you'll have to refresh my memory. I can't remember who we're playing next week, but uh, we're gonna pay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pay. Like it's a bad time to come out of the bye after a bunch of changes. But like, like ja- Jackson, I've seen online some people have uh, are in support of him, and then other uh, fans, fans, and even ex players of his haven't been as supportive so it, 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 we'll see i mean is he the same guy he was when he was doing some of these duties in dc probably not he's a couple years older he's maybe learned a few new new things uh i probably if, if there was if you if those things were individual and we were to say which one would have a, a quicker or bigger impact first i would definitely say the offensive play calling um I am not sure. The biggest question I have about the quarterbacks is whether or not was Cornelius, was his starting tenure based more on his contract or was he legitimately the best option for them to win? And the really scary, we're going to come to find that, that answer out. But the scary thing is, is that if it's not based on his contract, and he was always our best uh, option to win all along, then all these people screaming for Jared Daggy and, and Trey Ford, I, I, I am, I am not sure that they're going to move the needle that, that I, I mean, maybe, and a, and a change is necessary and Cornelius is, you know, maybe he was the best chance to win, but clearly his confidence was not there. So take a back seat for a couple of weeks and see what some time off gives you. But um, I'm, I'm, I'm not con- Let's my confidence is low that this is going to make drastic changes. Let's leave it at that. You know, for me, I think um, just going back to what you said about the confidence, right? Because the team in itself seemed to have lost a lot of confidence with a lot of the play calling and a lot of the things that were happening on the field. So my hope is that with these changes, it will kind of spark a little fire under their bums <laughs> and can't swear. So I'll say that. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping that that's what's going to make a difference, right? Sometimes a little bit of change of environment, a little bit of a change in structure 
will make a huge difference in the confidence of the players and what they are showing on the field. So um, for me, I'm hopeful that just getting a different perspective, a different coach, a different offensive coordinator, I mean, um, that will make definitely the difference that the knee they need to be able to play a little bit better. Well, and we have to also remember as well, Jarius Jackson was just the offensive coordinator for the Toronto Argonauts in 2021. So he was actually moderately successful. McLeod Bethel Thompson as quarterback, I want to say nine and five is what they went. They lost to the Hamilton Tiger Cats in the Eastern final. So in the COVID year, the return from COVID year, they found moderate success with Jarius Jackson at offensive coordinator. So that alone leads me to believe that there is hope. Now, this team has more problems. Like you said, Daryl, this is, this, is this is not a team of singular, one singular problem here. It's a team of singular problems. So we need to take care of that O-line. We need to take care of and and uh, JJ JJ being in there, uh, both doing both quarterbacks coach and mm-hmm. offensive coordinator, it gives him a lot more freedom to do things. So that's where Kathy and I were even talking about it earlier. I wonder if this was like a tape. Hey, let's go to work for a moment for Jerry's Jackson because he he's probably been waiting for for this now for a hot minute, given how bad this offense has been. Yeah, and I do agree with what you said in regards to the quarterbacks, right? I mean, time will tell. We'll see where it takes us. But the reality is that we have not seen enough of both Dahey and Trey Ford. We, in fact, with Trey Ford, the only thing that we got to see was last year when he got to play. And unless you have been attending the practices, you really haven't seen how he plays and whether he's a good fit for the team. Right. So it is a scary thought. It's a scary thought that yeah. now we're, you know, we, we don't know how that's going to go. Um, but do we really have anything to lose at this point? Right. No, there's no, there's, <laughs> we can either keep going at this level or like there's only one direction we can go. So if, if neither the, I suppose that's the positive. Like even if this is a, a 10 game preseason for next year, like we'll, we will know exactly what we have with all three of these guys by the end of the year. It, at least if Jackson has his way of deploying the other two, um, we'll probably have a good look at both of them. But uh, when you don't bring a quarterback, an established quarterback to camp, and you're kind of on living on hopes and dreams, that doesn't really bode well for your season. No. Well, and we're, we're honestly at the point now where – the fans, everybody's kind of crying to see Trey Ford, like you said, and the the Daggy start earlier in the season indicated that this team has a lot more than a quarterback problem. The quarterback is not the sole issue. Now, Taylor Cornelius getting bumped to QB3, it's probably good for his own confidence at this point because he's been thrusted into so many negative scenarios. You can't absolutely foul this quarterback and he has the build. He, he, like we said earlier on another episode, he put in the work in the off season. This guy was absolutely determined to come in and be the starting quarterback and to get wins for this team. I mean, he doesn't sign the contract if he absolutely hates Edmonton. So sure. I mean, sure. He got decent money out of it. 
but he's not Taylor Cornelius is not the sole problem with this team. And then offensive coordinating is one of the biggest problems. Uh, we've heard many, many people within organizations without of organizations um, voice their displeasure over, over McAdoo, right? Not within the Elks or anything, but um, there's been other, other players right uh, mm-hmm. out there in the CFL and everything else that, I've absolutely chopped down of uh, uh, at Stephen McAdoo's play call and like Derek Dennis for sure, Calgary former Calgary Stampeder, uh, he called it the McAdoo't offense. So <laughs> it's 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 definitely one of those things where um, it's definitely one of those things where we needed that change. We absolutely yeah. needed it. And if if we see Trey Ford, I would not be surprised because we are at that point of fan service. The fans need to see some form of change doesn't matter that we want to see multiple changes we want to see things basically go upside down uh from what they currently are right now um they'll take anything (laughs) instantly exactly uh okay so john kirby in the chat uh he's saying here time will tell so he said time will tell but i don't think we'll win any games for the rest of the season at home maybe on the road uh, I would say that depending on this change and we hit the bye week at a good time, we really don't know, right? Um, I think there are so many things that are um, kind of up in the air right now right? Yeah. with with all of these changes that happened. And um, there are not many. There's just two changes, right? We don't know if there's going to be a lot more on top of that. We don't know if uh, there are going to be any more changes coming, but I think this is a start and we seriously have no idea where that's going to take us, what it's going to do. And all we can do is just wait and hope, (laughs) see what happens. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely something that we're just all along for the ride. Let's be real as Edmonton Elks fans. We, we shouldn't really have any expectations given what the team is doing right now. Obviously we're going to still have hope. We always have hope as a fan base, Daryl, I'm sure you can relate. There's always some form of hope, right? I think there is. If, if I'm being fair, there is in most seasons. I don't know if there's much hope left in this season. It, it's it's a bit more of a show me what you can do down the stretch. Like, I don't know when it comes to those other two, um, like what are your guys' expectations of them? Like my expectations of those two guys are like we may see – I feel like we might see something out of Deggy if they could – if they were to treat Deggy like they did with Cornelius, where it's just like, you know what? You went in a game, you had a rough game, you were on a short week when you went to Ottawa. Maybe it wasn't all your fault, etc. So, you know what? Whatever happens against Winnipeg, you're getting Winnipeg and you're getting week 10 as well. Like, no matter what, you're getting... Like, give the guy, give the kid a vote of confidence and see what he can do. My, I, the one thing I've been most puzzled with, and I, I'd be really interested in your, not to turn it around on you guys, but on your expectation. I just do not understand for the life of me, the bolstering, the questioning, the, the not, I guess those are not the right words, but like everybody's infatuation with Trey Ford. This is a Canadian born Canadian groomed quarterback. And what I, I just don't understand, like for that type, for that person with those labels to come out and, becomes something super special is like a unicorn it's it's this man whatever he will be he will not be nathan rourke 
Like he can go right ahead and prove me wrong, but I, I just, I think if, 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 if Trey Ford was any kind of savior that the, that Twitter is boasting, he would have already supplanted. He wouldn't be QB three. He wouldn't be QB two. He'd be QB one. And I just, the calls for Trey Ford baffle me. I don't understand it. We actually just talked about this yeah. this afternoon because yeah. we were we were kind of That's thinking hilarious. about the questions, and that was exactly our standpoint, right? That I I personally have not understood that at all all this time ever since I saw it because in my opinion, just like I said just before, we have not seen him play. We don't know what he can do. Why are we putting our hopes and everything behind a person that we don't we haven't necessarily seen his worst or his best right we have we don't know what he's going to perform how he's going to perform and what he's going to bring into the uh in the game well and, he, oh sorry yeah. no, no well i was gonna say i mean we we did see him a little bit last year right which we saw him we saw him in one game one start uh he played he played moderately well he had one great throw at the end of it and then uh, he got put away for a while. Obviously, he was injured, and then we didn't really. I think we might have seen him one more time in the rest of the season, and even then, nothing was really happening. It was the same story as what we're seeing with mm-hmm. Taylor Cornelius and uh, Jared Daggy. So, what but- I said, what I said on that point, that I think the reason why everybody's so stuck on this Trey Ford idea is because they need something. They need an idea that. If we fix this, if we put this person in this position, is going to fix all of our woes. <laughs> they need. I don't know if it's stubbornness. I don't know if it's um, because everybody's so mad at Chris Jones that they're turning it, you know, into this narrative that he doesn't like Canadian players and that's why he's not playing. So a lot of fans are. Maybe that's why a lot of fans are stuck in this idea that we want Trey Ford just to stick it to Chris Jones, kind of. He's his highest draft capital possible at that time. Like I, and I saw some, I don't know if it was a player or somebody clap back on a, on a Twitter guy that was just like, yeah, he doesn't like Canadians. It's like, well, he used his highest draft pick to take him. I mean, clearly, I I don't know. Some people, sports fans are always in love with the backup goalie and the backup quarterback. And it just, it may, the, the, the thing of it is, is that even if you use those two as a comparison, like a backup goalie and a back, they're not the same animal. Like, a, like they're, they're not even in the same hemisphere for what Trey Ford is. Again, he's a Canadian-born, Canadian-bred quarterback. And they've said for years that, like, the, the simple reps that a Canadian quarterback gets in the CIS versus the NCAA is, like, in the, ta- the level of talent that they're playing against. So I, I just, I, it, it again, baffling is the word I used before. I, you could use any, like it just, it's so, I just don't understand. I, I mean, I'm not suggesting for one, or sorry, I'm not saying for one moment that I don't wish him well and that I, I don't want him to succeed and I don't want him to be my quarterback. That's not it at all. But I, I, I will say this, if he ever becomes the starter for the Edmonton Elks, it is like he's going to need, some serious two and three season, four season grooming. Like, I don't know, maybe you guys are a little bit, you know, I'm a little bit older than you. I remember watching Damon Allen play years ago when, and his first stint with the, with the Eskimos back then, he was a run first quarterback that couldn't read a defense as, as well as he 
did at the end of his career. And when he left, everybody was just like, you know what? Yeah, like it's time for you to go. He was he was mediocre. He could run the ball, but when by the time he matured and he could read a defense, he was mm-hmm. lights out. That is the only path forward for Trey Ford is like serious CFL grooming. And mm-hmm. by the time he gets it, if he gets it, he may not even be an elk anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's just totally. the well, and I think I think what I find very very frustrating about this whole free Trey Ford scenario is that you have a lot of CFL pundits, a lot of CFL employees, Canadian football league employees. I'm going to call it out because it's great for their brand. It's great for the brand of CFL to have Trey Ford out there slaying the football. I mean, even in all of the CBS commercials for the CFL, they got Trey Ford in there. Trey Ford played one and a half to two and a half games last year. He played a little bit of preseason. As if you think that an egotistical, an egotistical, as per as per a lot of people, an egotistical GM and head coach, as if you think that guy's not going to put the best guy forward to go win the game, yeah. right? Yeah. Nobody's that stubborn to waste a couple hundred thousand dollars on a quarterback that's not going to work. Well, then he said so himself, right? In some of the interviews, he just said that he's just simply not ready. He's not ready. He's not necessarily performing. He's not. I got frustrated by that. Like, (laughs) nobody knew why he wasn't in. And then when Chris Jones came to the mic and said, this is why he's not in, it still wasn't good enough for people. Yeah. Yeah, all of a sudden, Chris Jones is racist towards Canadians because they're not (laughs) playing Trey Ford. It's like, guys, as if they don't want Trey Ford to be successful. Now, take a look at Nathan Rourke. Nathan Rourke sat behind quarterbacks, uh, great quarterback, Michael Riley. (laughs) He sat behind Michael Riley and had to learn everything, held the clipboard, did the thing, got that experience, and then the following year, he was in. So that's what Trey Ford needs. Trey Ford needs a veteran, like you said, right? It's going to be a Damon Allen scenario where he's going to have to just grow up through the CFL, but it's going to be the long and hard road. So so because of that, because of the all of these changes right now, and especially because of that game against BC, um, the fan base is pretty, pretty, pretty pissed. We're gonna say pissed. Catherine, lead us away with your ne- with the next question. Well, yeah, I mean, we have seen everything from the Edmonton Alex fans, right? They have you, you can hear them in, on the stadium. They have been loud with this splasher. Just looking at the on-field product, I know in the last game there were some uh, things that they were up by the the coaches' boots and just screaming outside, not right in the. In, well, but right what, in the what were they doing? What were they, they doing? Were screaming. Well, and, they were. Oh, they were booing. <laughs> That's not. I'm sorry. That doesn't sound like a boo. There's <laughs> the boos. There's the boos. You know, we've seen everything from paper bags. We have seen everything from just you know people expressing that they're the splusher on twitter and constantly complaining and just being mad at the team um so obviously that kind of gives you an idea of what the health of the fan base is but what's your thoughts on that how do you why do you think they are doing that how why do you think that the elks fans are reacting the way that they are and what are your thoughts on the reactions 
Well, I think um, my thoughts on the reactions are, they're unfortunately warranted. I mean, this is uh, fairly, well, if it's not unprecedented territory for the franchise, it is most certainly unprecedented in my lifetime, which at this point is, you know, getting to be quite a lot. I think I'm a little bit older than half the age of the franchise. Like, you know what I mean? It's, well, I mean, I'm just saying, I'm, that's a lot of years, you know what I mean? Legitimately. And uh, I have personally never had to deal. We've had some rough seasons, but this, Mm -hmm. this isn't just, and that here's the thing too, is that it's not just a bad Edmonton franchise season. This is like an all time CFL. Like they keep talking sports record. Like it's just, so, I mean, I, I'm not going to take part in the booing. That's not what I do. I've, I've never booed. I don't even boo the opposition most times. I, I'll I'll jeer them or chirp them, but I don't I don't boo them. Yeah, but I I am not at this point. How could anybody hold it against the fans for any? If you want to wear a paper bag to your head, if you want to wear a potato sack over your whole body because the paper bag's not good enough, like whatever, man. Like I mean, it, the 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 team's got a the franchise has got to feel it, I guess, a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I have no problem with the reactions, none at all. It, it, it is what it is. Yeah, well, exactly, right? It is to be expected. And even, I, th- I think what the epitome of it is, like the, the, the really, really tough part of this is that we have two boys. We bring the boys to the game. Now, when you bring your kids to the Edmonton Oaks game, they aren't really supposed to notice that there's no touchdowns or scoring or fireworks or <laughs> even first downs, right? Kids are usually don't even recognize that there's a lack of first downs. However, Catherine's boys, unfortunately, were, were they kept on asking like, Hey, when do we get to say, move those sticks? When do, <laughs> when do we get to see fireworks? When do we get to see a touchdown? Did we get a touchdown yet? So the boys were noticing, right? And then, of course, we're walking along the concourse and there's people with the bags on their heads. Now, you know, you protest however you want, boo however you want. Uh, we personally, we we don't teach the boys that wearing a paper bag on your head is the right way to fan, but we're also not going to tell anybody else how to fan, right? Yeah, well, I, you know what? I'm kind of... Nonis, I'm kind of a little bit on the other end of the spectrum, mostly because, you know, I see it a lot on social media and how they talk about the team, how they talk about the organization, how they talk about even Victor Cooley, really. And yeah, like John, John said in the chat. Yeah, he did, right? That people are just straight up blaming Victor. And whereas, you know, I'm not saying don't hold the, definitely hold the team accountable, yeah. 100%. Right. Definitely complain about the on-field product. Definitely show your displeasure with what is happening. But there's a difference between being able to express your opinions and voice your opinions and being disrespectful. Right. And that's that's the line that sometimes gets me. And sometimes I get a little heated and I have engaged in some arguments online and social media. But that's one of the things that I have started saying is that if you are so displeased with 
the organization as a whole. If you're so displeased with the Edmonton Elks and you absolutely hate them and you're throwing all these words, hate words and swear words, just stop going, stop paying. That will hurt the organization a lot more. If you're that unhappy with what you're seeing, instead of complaining and I don't want to say the B word, but that's exactly what I'm doing online day in and day out. Just don't give them your money. Don't watch the games. That is going to be where it truly hurts them and they will see the effects of that. How do you guys feel about what's happening in stadium with the paper bags and with the booing and stuff? Like, I mean, from, I guess my opinion on that specifically, like you asked, but like, I, I, I'm not, I don't know that I would engage in it. I said that I wouldn't, I, I don't, I'd probably wear a paper bag before I would boo. Cause that's right. how I was brought up is to not boo. Like always be positive about your team. I mean, right now it's very hard for us to do that, mm-hmm. but like what, what really is the harm? Like it's, I don't know that I find wearing a ba- paper bag disrespectful. I mean, it's not, it's not rude. It's not crass. It's not, it's, it's not the, vulgar. It's not I violent. I wouldn't necessarily it's, say it's the, the action of putting the paper bag, but it's what they were screaming. <laughs> It's what they were saying. Okay, so that's what I was going to say is because I have guys hmm. that are on the north of me that have been wearing those uh, paper bags. Now, I am not sitting beside them, mm-hmm. uh, but I've seen them walking up and down. And anytime I've seen them, I, I've just seen them. I've, they haven't said anything that I've heard. Mm-hmm. Most people I've at the game have like the, where I sit, I sit in R. No, nobody's really speaking or screaming hateful stuff. I find the larger vitriol is coming from social media. Like people are just yeah. absolutely unhinged. And yeah. I mean, that's the land of being unhinged really. So, I mean, it's hard to relegate that. And I mean, the only, that's what a mute button is for, I guess. Like it just, you know, what do you, what else do you do? About it? But what's happening in the stadium? I, I, well, if to me, it's almost like the paper bags, unless they are Catherine, I don't know. I didn't hear unless they are saying bad things to me, that's about as a peaceful protest as you can get, you know? Yeah, definitely. definitely. And it's not, I just want to make that clear. It's not necessarily the action of putting a paper bag over your head, but it's how you act. Right. And it's the same thing on social media. You can voice your opinions all you want, but when you start attacking somebody verbally in very harmful ways right with with what you're saying it's like okay buddy you need to take it down a notch and if you're so unhappy then actually take an action that will affect the organization because then they will take notice and they will do something about it i am all for people doing that because that is actually doing something productive with your displeasure instead of just being a keyword uh, a keyboard warrior and just you know doing those things that a lot of people do on Twitter. Well, and I mean, with ha- what's happening inside of the stadium, the fans have every right to be choked. Like, even even the boys got in on the booing. And, of course, Catherine and I did not boo. We are not people that believe in booing, right? Um, but that doesn't mean that, you know, we don't... We, we obviously believe that the team deserves the boos at this point. The team has gotten this bad. The fans have every right to have their opinion out there now cutting down another fan's opinion or, uh, you know, cutting down any other fan for whatever they believe in. We don't ever agree with that. And unfortunately, I think that's what's starting to happen now, right? Now we have on online and I guess in the streets as for John here, 
fans are kind of lashing out at each other, whether it be the losing, mm. whether it be the name change, which we're about to get to. Uh, there's many, many topics. And social media, like you said, right? It's really, really hard to regulate. So you have all of these keyboard warriors out there, a lot of people that are crying for this name change. Uh, you have you have every everybody is voicing their opinion on the team right now. And that's kind of what the team needs, right? And even with the paper bags, let's say, just because <clears throat> that's not our thing doesn't mean that now Victor Queen and company and Chris Jones and everybody else has to look at all of these pictures, all of the press on these mm. paper bags. And they have to look at this and say, okay, we need to make changes now. We need to fix yeah. this team right now. So I, I, I agree with the fans. Yeah. I do not agree with being disrespectful to other fans. Well, yeah. And that's exactly how you said it, right? We're not going to tell somebody else how to fan. No, just, just <laughs> those two basic fan. rules, right? But just the two basic rules. I think rules. it's just basic common decency of not being an a-hole. <laughs> yeah. That's just all it is. So, so with that, our last question on our hot topics here. Uh, the name change cries have been louder than ever because of how bad the team is right now. The Washington Commanders fan base are signing petitions to bring their name back. Do you think this will be a successful petition? And do you think the Elks would ever consider changing the name back to Eskimos, Daryl? 100% no on both accounts. It's dead and buried. It is It is gone. The, it, the whole confluence of everything is so unfortunate like with the poor play of the team with the with the name change with what victor's doing to bring fans like it's such poor timing like imagine just imagine this scenario for one moment imagine they got forced into this but they had the last three to four years of the winnipeg blue bombers track record Nobody would be asking for the Eskimos name, not one. It, it just, it's so horrible, bad timing. And if anybody for one moment wants to believe that there's anything of a curse, like, I mean, I'm sorry, I don't keep my keys on a rabbit's foot. I don't like it, just none of that stuff is as legitimate in any way, shape, or form. And when it comes back, just to fin- follow up with the last, with the social media. With the with the bad words, with people tearing each other down, and then with this name change, the number one thing that you guys can do that you probably already are, that I am, that anybody else that is like minded is to don't don't even engage them. Don't like just move along to even say don't think like that or give it up or move on or any just ignore. Like let them scream at the clouds because it's never gonna change and it won't matter if it takes five games five months or five years this team will win again they will win a championship again the elks name will win a championship and it'll all be in the past it's a terrible horrible start for the new name of this franchise i agree it's terrible it it, i wish we could have hit the ground running it would have been awesome but that's not where we are and but that's fine and all those naysayers you know what like your boys Catherine spencer my son like by the time he, my son is an adult, he will barely even remember that they were even called the Eskimos. Like it just, it's it. People, no, the commanders aren't the the the, the commanders are not going to go back to their old name, and neither are the Elks. It's never, never going to happen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. No, and it's you know, and I said like, let's say it actually did happen at this point in time. 
and they actually decided to, you know, take the side of the fans that are screaming for a name change back to the Eskimos, and we suddenly became the Edmonton Eskimos once again, we would still suck. Yeah. <laughs> and it would make absolutely zero difference in what the team is currently doing. So it's, it, like you say, I completely agree that it's like arguing with a five-year-old. If anybody has a five-year-old, you know how frustrating that can be. And, you know, even for myself, what I've taken to do with all of those people, if, if I'm really feeling a little feisty and I want to fight somebody online, <laughs> what I have taken to do is if they say, oh, you know, the, the name is cursed, the team is cursed. I'm like, well, if you truly believe that, then, then go hire every single witch and psychic and medium in the city and get them to sage Commonwealth because clearly that's the only answer. <laughs> so that's, that's my response, right? Just kind of take a light of it and be like, if you truly, truly believe that, then hey, maybe this will work. Let's try it. I saw something online. I don't know if you guys saw this. It was because it wasn't, to my, to my recollection, it wasn't a really big... Uh, like one of us big kind of super fans. It was just kind of like a, a throwaway comment from a throwaway tweeter. And the, it was a hilarious comment. And it's like, you guys keep asking them to change the name back. But if you really knew your history, they d already did change the name back because they were the Elks in 1924 or whatever the heck it was. Like, Definitely. I was just like, you got it, buddy. Right on. Yeah. No, I mean, you you already said it best. I can't really say it any better than you did, right? But that's what people seem to forget. And for people that like history, like for people that like the double E's, like they tried to make this name as double E friendly and as Edmonton Eskimo fan friendly as possible. Now, we were kind of talking about it today as well. Could there be some form of alternative if they were to ever do any sort of alternative, even on like a throwback night, maybe they would call themselves the Esks and say Esks is a name Esks of its own, right? And <laughs> just Esks just means Esks. It doesn't mean it's not short for Eskimos. It's not short for anything else. It's just Esks. Um, but even then, right, they, they've already spent millions in this rebrand. We're talking about a team that has already spent millions on a rebrand, trademarks, everything out the wazoo um they, they they can't afford to go ahead and go through another rebrand so they can add logos they can do alternative logos i do believe that we're going to see the double e a lot more in the coming years as opposed to the current elk logo we will still see that uh purely speculation at this point but no i mean the name's not going to come back the name's definitely not coming back even if that petition gets fifty thousand to a hundred thousand people down in washington they will not change that name back to a racist name but it, it, it makes zero sense no it'll it'll never i had a joke with my son that they could have kept the name if they would have just changed the logo to a, a red potato <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and i and i mean on that right i mean this is something that i have thought since the beginning and i always thought that maybe for myself it's a little bit different because I've talked to, as I mentioned before we started this, I'm a brand new sportsman. So I don't necessarily have the emotional attachment to the Edmonton Eskimos that say somebody like you, Daryl, that has been with the franchise for very many years. But the thing about that is that I have the ability of kind of taking a step back and seeing the Edmonton Elks as a brand, right? It is 
like a Nike. It is like an Apple. It is, it doesn't, it's a name that I can form an attachment and be excited about. And you know, when somebody, if you're an avid Apple fan, when a new Apple comes out, you get all excited and you're, you really want to go get it. Right. For me, I perhaps as a new fan, I have found that detachment and I don't necessarily see that because when Scout talks about the Edmonton Eskimos and the stories in the past and some of the best moments that he's had, it has nothing to do with the name, but all of the experiences that he has had, right? He remembers specific moments for touchdowns or specific moments that still bring a little tear to his eye. And it has absolutely nothing to do with the fact that they were the Edmonton Eskimos, but rather because he was there at a game and enjoying this experience. Right. So that's my take on it. Right. It's people still should be able to kind of distance themselves from a brand, from a name and see it for what it is, which is an experience as a whole. Yeah. It's, it's the, it's, it's the attachment of the experience. So here's what I would say. Here's me. This is the only words I will say publicly about to anybody out there and they can, they can, find me and message me and say all sorts of bad things. But like for the people that can't get over the name change, what exit we've lost the name and I was attached to the name for 40 years. I, I, I didn't want to lose it, but I knew why we had to lose it. I, I, I didn't like the reason why we had to lose it. I, I maybe didn't agree with the reason, but I knew it was coming. And so I chose to get on board with the new one. So, but what I, here's what I would say, what did we actually lose? They, they never left. We didn't lose our franchise. They're not playing in another city. They're still playing at Commonwealth Stadium. They're still wearing green and gold. They're still the double E. They kept the double E. So they have literally changed the name and the theme behind the the, the franchise, which, if I might add, like I, I liked our name and I enjoyed what they tried to do with it. But I'm, I'm here to say no no slight to the Eskimos, to the actual Inuit, but the wilderness and the Elks and the, you know, whatever is far more easy to market than things related to the frozen tundra of the North and the Eskimos that do not live in Edmonton. Like the, the, the closest draw that we had to that name was the fact that we were the most Northern city in the CFL, but we are still like... 1500 kilometers from <laughs> where the Eskimos actually inhabit. Like it just, so, I mean, I understand there's an emotional attachment to the name, which I like scout had and still have, but it just, it's not coming back. And to be quite frank, those eight names, you guys remember the other eight names or seven yeah. names? Yeah. Most of them were terrible. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, Edmonton Energy and Edmonton Elkhounds and like the the Eagles was about the only other one. But you know what? There's already two football Lions teams, and that happened in a different era where media cycles and 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 nations didn't overlap like they do now. And to me, I do not want the same name as the Philadelphia Eagles. There's already an Eagles team. I, I mean, had they picked it, I would have got on board, no doubt. But that was not my pick. The Elks were my pick, and I'm here to say that I'm happy, and, and I'm also here to say that everybody that's got a problem, as soon as they start winning, those voices are going to get a whole lot quieter. 100%. Yeah, yeah it's, it's it's all about the success, right? Um, 
I mean, John Kirby here in the chat is saying people don't want to go to games because of the name. They don't want to buy merchandise because of the name. Now, um, John also agreed with what we said, um, but this is his observations out in the wild there, <laughs> as Elks fans. <laughs> but see, what's interesting about that is, and we're going to get to the Edmonton Sports Update right away, so this is probably our final thought on this, but they were just announcing that on game day, the team store was absolutely packed with people buying merchandise, and now they're coming out with this New Indigenous logo yep. just came out, just dropped today. Beautiful logo. We recommend yep. that everybody goes online and go, goes and checks it out on all of the Edmonton Elk socials. I'm sure maybe even one of your friends has shared it. Beautiful Indigenous logo. They will be uh, giving the proceeds, the net profits to um, Indigenous Sports Council of Alberta, I want to say. So the merchandise is still flowing down at Commonwealth. And for the Edmonton Elks, the wins would be a lot nicer to go with it. And even then, the attendance, apparently we had 24K for our attendance, which 24K, I remember games against the Montreal Alouettes where sometimes we would see 24K even last year. So the attendance isn't bad. The, the, the team could be a lot less healthy for being in this position, we will say that. I think at that point is like you said before, bad press is good press sometimes, right? And people, yeah, people just want to be... see. Maybe people just want to show up and see what's going to happen. Maybe they have that hopeful thought that that day is going to be the day, and they want to be part of that too, right? Because the attendance is still soaring; it's still happening. Yeah, well, and and I mean, you now have people saying or going. Sorry, they're going to the game saying, okay. Are they going to continue the streak or am I going to watch them win a game? Either way, you're watching history <laughs> history on either side or you're watching something miraculous on each side, right? So that's at least that may be a reason why we're seeing numbers like 24K, but they're doing a lot of stuff off the field. The organization's doing everything they can to get people in the stadium as well. So um, yeah, so that wraps up our very first fan forum. That was a fun one. We actually dragged that right out to 53 minutes. That is amazing. <laughs> um, we're gonna rip through this Edmonton Sports update and then we're gonna ask Daryl a couple questions. So here we go. Friday night, the Edmonton Stingers are in Winnipeg to take on the Winnipeg Sea Bears in CEBL playoff action. Tip-off is at 7 p.m. Mountain. Catch the game on TSN. The Edmonton Riverhawks are playing in a homestand at Remax Field against the St. Angeles Lefties. Last night, they started the homestand by winning 7-1. And the Sherwood Park Crusaders have announced a new head coach, former WHL assistant coach Brennan Menard is coming to Sherwood Park to be the bench boss for the crew. Stay tuned to their social media for a special announcement potentially involving the Elks herd. Uh, I mean, before before you move on, I mean, can you imagine having a team called the Lefties? <laughs> at, least, at least the Elks is way better than that. Come on, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> this was your Edmonton sports update. And I guess you are up to date. Yeah, there you go. Okay. <laughs> Um, alrighty, so big shout out to our affiliates. We are going to give a massive shout out to Royal Retros, 
This is our commercial break, by the way. <laughs> uh, so Royal Retros, guys, if you use code Stampede, you can get 10% off over at royalretros.com. We are celebrating the Birmingham Stallions 2023 USFL Championship. Giddy up. <laughs> and then uh, Things Engraved is the official merchandise provider of Shotgun Sports and the Elves Herd. There is always a sale over on our link. There is always a sale on <laughs> some product in our catalog. Make sure you check out the description to find our links to our affiliates. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. Okay. <laughs> and then uh, now we're going to dig right into the more you didn't know, keeping ourselves from copyright infringement and trademark infringement. <laughs> so this is where we're going to go ahead and ask our special guest, Daryl, a couple of questions about his double E fandom and his football fandom. And we're going to ask him about his personal life. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so, Daryl, uh, you've been a double E fan for a hot minute now. We have to know what was your defining moment for becoming a Edmonton Eskimos, Edmonton Elks fan? Well, I think uh, your last guest there was at uh, Chris. He was, I think he said he was also a not whole gang member. So, I. Myself um, was a full-fledged from pillar to post, six years old till they booted me out at whatever it was back then, 13, I think. Uh, uh, not whole gang. It was a bit more Wild West back then. They had like, I think it was Woodward's maybe was the sponsor. So they had like staff members from Woodward's was like babysitting and your parents were in another <laughs> section like seven sections over having too many drinks while you were getting your fan on whatever as a six-year-old so that's how it started I, I I owe the the genesis to my dad he's from Saskatchewan a big fan from Saskatchewan brought football over to his family my my mom's extended family uh in the late 80s he managed he he was sorry I should say earlier on he was a uh, he was an EOF, EFOA official and uh, eventually made the, he was an official for the CFL for a number of years. So it, it was pretty ingrained in my fabric growing up. So Nice. Nice. Yeah. The Nodhole gang, it's, it's interesting how many, how many long time double E fans that you talk to that, had some form of connection to Woodley's Nod Hole Corner, Nod Hole Gang, sorry. Yeah. Um, I, that, I wish they still had that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wish that we could just drop off the boys and <laughs> we could have one too many wobbly pops and then, you know, pick them up and drive home. But unfortunately, <laughs> this is not the 1970s. So, not <laughs> can't do that no more can't no that no i mean i definitely you know i definitely wish i'm, I'm happy we don't get, <laughs> get, get to do that trust me uh, um but uh i mean it is interesting to see how those kind of kids programs have such a long-lasting effect and even with the kids camp this last sunday such a great event they had chris jones down there a lot of players they were really interactive with the boys. It was a two, two and a half hour event. And we walked away from it saying, these are the things that the boys are going to remember. Mm -hmm. They're going to remember 
um, you know, just like you growing up in those stands, getting your fan on and having that little bit of independence while you're at the Edmonton Eskimos game, right? Same thing for the boys. We're off in a different area watching and talking to people and whatever else talking to fellow fans and the boys are out independently doing their thing. And those mm -hmm. are the things that you remember as a kid is those little moments that you had to yourself, not always the moments with mom and dad. It's usually the independent moments that kind of, kind of build things for you. Right. When you're, when you're a kid. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Well, um, let's move on to the second question. And I actually have a little picture to show you. Nice right over here nice. <laughs> if you can see that and i'm hoping you can tell me why is it that you dressed up as a gray cup in 2010 or yeah what year was that sorry daryl uh i think that was the first year i did it in 2007 in toronto oh. i do believe so why is it you chose to dress up like a gray cup uh, well, the short answer is is because I was a beer keg for Halloween. That is an that is a modified beer keg Halloween costume. That's the short answer. Um, the long answer is well, um, they long at one point. I remember reading an article. Some reporter kind of dubbed Grey Cup like Mardi Gras North. And when I first started going to them regularly. In 2002, uh, I was just blown away by everybody's fandom. It was crazy, but things kind of evolved and changed very shortly after that, where it wasn't just simple jerseys. Like, I remember the Booze Brothers, and I remember, I think it was back in the early, early to mid-2000s when the, those uh, fun police boys kind of got their kickoff, and, like, Little by little, everybody kind of found their own niche, like their own like favorite thing that they mashed up with the CFL. And uh, I just had that beer, that beer keg costume. And I was like, you know what? Mm -hmm. I, I, it wouldn't take a whole awful lot to turn this into the Grey Cup costume. Like that, that's literally how it went. <laughs> so um, that helmet part there, you could see it had like a, a spout where you could actually pour your drink in and then add like you could just like do it like a proper keg slide oh, kind of thing oh wow so, amazing so i took that off i took the spout off and i stole one of my wife's bowls and i glued it on there instead <laughs> and... <laughs> oh, it's so good it oh is, it is really it definitely good. looks like somebody's worst nightmare of arts and crafts but like <laughs> i don't know what I don't know what the other questions are coming down the pipe, but I'll just say like that I have hundreds of pictures of myself with fans and, and players and alumni players. And uh, I think I have, I have pictures with at least two commissioners wearing that, that outfit. Um, and like, there's gotta be a thousand people across the country that have pictures of me somewhere in their, their digital camera or wherever so it's Lovely. it's as as cheesy as it kind of looks like you know arts and craftsy it was it has always been ridiculously well received okay so then how many gray cubs have you been to um and how many gray cubs did you wear the gray cup to so my first great cup was the first uh, i guess it wasn't the first one but the 1997 that was my first one I've been to 11 Grey Cups, 
and the I think it was the last five. I think it was Toronto, Montreal, uh, and then the Edmonton. Maybe it was only four. I can't remember. It's been it's been a lot. It's been fun though. Four, five or six, anyways. Yeah, that's amazing. That is amazing. And which one was your favorite? Would you say? Um. Well, they're they're all different. They're all fun. I can talk about it for hours. Uh, I know I know the Montreal was really cool because it was Montreal. I, I went a day early and did a little bit of uh, sightseeing, so that was pretty cool. Um, the other, I guess, the other problem is with the amount of uh, intake of beverages, they kind of all blur together after a while. But uh, I, I, one of my, I'll tell you one story. I was, unfortunately, unfortunately. It was the year prior to me actually doing the Grey Cup, but it was a real fun story. It was in Winnipeg, and all week long, me and my friends that went, we were, we'd go down the, the main road. We were right on the main drag at this hotel. I don't remember what it was. And we'd walk down, grab ourselves some breakfast, and sit there until the hospitality rooms open, and we'd drink a bunch of beers. And we did that Thursday, then we did it Friday, then we woke up Saturday morning and all of a sudden it's just like, Hey, what is this parade doing in the middle of our street that we're trying to get to our bar? Cause the bar was on the opposite side of the street. So I had the very hungover, probably still drunk idea of like, well, let's just join the parade. My one buddy was wearing a Calgary Stampede uh, outfit. Don't judge me. Don't judge him. And another buddy of mine was, wearing a Super Dave Osborne costume. And I was like, I, I wasn't very dressed up, but I was just like, just follow me. And we hopped right into the line, right in behind some girl guides. And I was like, oh no, abort. And we hopped out and then we jumped back in at a later time. And we walked the whole thing and everybody was like, hey, Super Dave, Super Dave. And we had so much fun that when it came time to hop out on the other side to go to the bar, we just kept and we finished the whole parade route. It was, that's, Probably one of my all-time Grey Cup memories. It was hilarious. That is amazing. Well, that sounds fun. <laughs> would you say that? I mean, how would that compare to just a? Well, you know what? No, that's a that's a bad yeah. question. I was going to say how that compared to a regular Edmonton Elks game you day, but right now that. it's a it's a you bad can't... question. Right now, <laughs> uh, Grey Cup is a Grey Cup is a special animal. Uh, I don't know if you guys have had the fortune of going to one yet or being to one here in town, but they're good. My, the whole thing that started off going to great cup is that I was young. I, I wasn't attached at the time. And I was just like, you know what? Uh, my folks had been to a couple and I was just like, you know what? I think I'm going to try to get to them all. Uh, like see a great cup in every city in every CFL city. So, and I'm, I'm sure I know there's guys that have been going to great cup for, 40 years so they've done it it's not you know i'm not unique in that fact but it was something that i wanted to do and mm -hmm. as it stands right now i've been to seven of the nine cities and uh, i am going to go in november and hamilton is one that i've not been to oh, so right. we'll tick that off yeah and then i just thought i only have ottawa left so but yeah if no. you guys i know you have little kids and it makes it tough and budgeting and money but even Calgary or Regina or wherever it's, it's fun to travel to Grey Cup and it's, it's so much fun. The fact the that whole CFL family, we have a tailgate, just multiply that by nine cities in one area. And it's, it's, it's the best time. So that would be so much fun. I've never had the pleasure. So hopefully one day I'll definitely be able, I'll definitely have the opportunity to experience that. But that being said, let's just 
bring it back down a little bit. What would you say that your favorite part of an Edmonton Elks game day is? Well, I think uh, you guys might have said it, and even Chris last week. I easily right now it's uh, the tailgate. I haven't made this many early uh, entries or whatever um, as I have this year, and it is a blast. I like visiting with everybody that's there. It's uh, you know what, like again, it's a little bit sad that the team is doing as poorly as they are at a time when. I feel like the franchise is putting in more effort than they ever have in like in, in, in like 20 years, honestly, like Victor, anybody that's got anything to say offside about him is just, they're, they're the ones that are staying at home and not coming to experience what's happening because um, the game day is outside of what's happening between the sidelines inside the sidelines. Sorry. Um, What's going on game day around the stadium is 10 out of 10 it's top drawer it's it's fantastic we're all having a blast like I, I i don't even know it'll be scary to see what the tailgate looks like if there's a winning team and 30 or forty thousand people in this in the stands it'll just be you'll have to double your smoking time there scout for your, for your... <laughs> double the meats yeah double double meats uh well and and i mean you said it right the number one reason why so many edmonton elks fans are going to games right now is because of the tailgate i mean even at this last one here i'm i'm not a big country fan myself catherine is not a big country fan but Haley benedict went ahead and rocked out at the tailgate she played a similar set list to what we hear out of our good friends uh loud loud boy tall boy tall boy tall boy out there but that being said it was still it's still always a great environment out there seeing you every time. Every time we go to the tailgate, we see you, uh, Chris Agar, yeah. the Turd District is right across from us. So obviously we see those guys too. But now it feels like with, especially because we're in that area now as well, we get to feel the whole vibe. We get to add to it a little bit with some fun and games and everything. But it feels like a hub in there now. It feels like a real tailgate. It feels like everybody's kind of bunched up in that area people are just standing right in the middle of the walkway a nice little community it's like a community it's like a community no and and i think we'll sort of get off topic here but i think it's crazy where we are so not used to real tailgating true tailgating which is for two to three hours before the elks game we get true tailgating you actually get to set up drink your booze uh, in a red solo cup, uh, but you get to eat your meats, do whatever, communi- communicate with everybody, be a giant community. Uh, like John Kirby just said, Aaron, Aaron Grimes was tailgating. He saw that on Saturday. Also out there was Jamin. So we have our injured players, our injured elks out there. And it also brings the fans a lot closer to the team and vice versa. The, the players don't like being injured out there but at least they know that they're going to get fed and they get to talk to people and they get to feel somewhat normal they get to enjoy a game from the fans perspective for once oh, you make new friends too yeah you get to know people you get to talk to people outside of just the game right <laughs> it's not it's now not necessarily just somebody that you sit beside or that you see in passing you get the chance to actually talk to them and get to know them a little bit. It's actually tons of fun. Well, exactly. And it 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 really is the number one reason why a lot of fans are, are 
so enthusiastic about going to games still and those tailgate spots right now are very very precious john once again in the chat uh said that they need to make it bigger if they can yes that would be nice if they could make it bigger because we do need to feel a lot more of that community out there and it's it's that community in the tailgate that is keeping a lot of our fans continuing onward through this to have a completely losing team like this and having 24k uh, for attendance whether the the 24k showed up or not 24,000 people still paid for that product which means they probably saved their bacon that day on getting 24k in attendance and even you know even if 20 only 20k out of those people paid and let's say there was deals or whatever on the other 4k or maybe there was guaranteed seats in there or whatever they're still doing something right if that's the kind of atmosphere around the stadium that you're creating they have a revamped kids zone this year they have all of the fan fest and all of the booths and stalls and everything else on that other side of the stadium on the east side so there's like things that people in the tailgate don't even get to see so yeah, i usually i used to before this year i used to mostly meander around the east side now nah, maybe i'll make it over to the west side but i i don't even think i've even been over to the east side this year no, no. Well, and what's the point when you have all of your fellow fans that you're friends with already, they're all right there. There's free food everywhere. And that's where people are asking like, Hey, how much, how much is it uh, to grab a sandwich? This gentleman right at the end of the tailgate, I had my smoked pork belly. It was the last of my smoked pork belly. He probably got some pretty fatty pieces and Sorry, buddy, but I think he was three sheets to the oh, wind. Oh, he so. did not care. No, so we we took we 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 took him down to two sheets to the wind with that sandwich. But he's like, "Hey, bro, how much is it for one of these pork belly sandwiches, bro? Like, yo, bro, like," and I'm like, "Man, like, you don't gotta pay for anything. Like, just take the sandwich, right?" He's like, "What? No way!" And that's how what a touch we are as as Canadian sports fans that. We don't even really truly know as as a sports community. We truly don't even know what real tailgating is like yet. Still, well, we did hear a couple of comments from people online that they felt a little intimidated yeah. by the tailgate because sometimes it looks like it's a whole bunch of individual parties and you don't know how to infiltrate the tailgate, right? Um, so I mean, it's it's one of those, and it I think it really depends on the area that you're looking at because sure, there's some private little areas that everybody's just having their own time. But uh, I guarantee you, because we used to do this segment on Instagram Live last year called What's Cooking, and we would just go to every single one of those little booths or their little stalls and just ask them questions. What's cooking? What are you doing? How are you doing? And everybody was always super friendly, so inviting. They would give us food. They, the boys absolutely loved it, and they still ask about it because they would get so many treats. So, I mean, my, what I would say to those people is don't necessarily, I mean, there's areas, especially with the turf district where we're at right in the middle, uh, the same thing with the uh, spirit of Edmonton and yeah. play 107, you know, it's, everybody's always just talking to each other and so inviting. And even those on the outskirts that might look like individual parties, if you approach them, I guarantee you that they will welcome you with open arms. Yep. So just like besides the tailgate time to get a little inspirational here daryl besides the edmonton elks tailgate what keeps you going as an elks fan despite the on-field issues 
Well, I think there's probably two quick answers to that. Number one is I'm a fan and uh, I, I'm, I'm just not going to, I'm not, I'm not jumping ship. Like I, first of all, I paid that money. I'm not, I'm not throwing it away. Uh, as long as I am not, you know, as long as I'm available and in town, I'm going to that game. It doesn't matter. Commonwealth play Commonwealth stadium is my very favorite place in all of Edmonton. I love it. I had formal wedding photos taken on the field. It is my absolute favorite place in the city and no record. Oh, and nine. I don't care. Oh, and 18. I don't care. It, it's, I like grabbing a drink. I like grabbing a hot dog. I like visiting with the tailgate people. I like visiting with the people in section R. I, I it is, it is, it is my favorite place to be. And if I just like was curmudgeon and decided that I, I would miss out on it. Like I would miss it if I decided to stop going. And honestly, it's a little bit like we talked probably closer to the beginning of the show. It's just like, man, they're going to win. And if I am not in attendance when they win that first game, I'm going to be cheesed. And if there's, if it happens to be a situation where I'm working out of town and I cannot be there, well then darn it. But uh, if I, if it's within my power to be at that game, I'm, and I'm not, I'm going to be super upset. So I want to see that first win. I want to see it bad. I want to see a win bad. Like, I mean, it's been a long, long time. So um, that's what keeps me going. And man, it's just honestly with the tailgate and there's, there's been almost a different reason. Like I I told you, I sat with my, my wife's cousin, this, this game. And uh, I went autograph hunting there when they had the 93 team. I tried to get Damon Allen's autograph. There's been, probably one thing different uh that has been fun and i've probably had more fun this season even though this terrible terrible record i've legitimately had more fun this season than i have in a very very long time that's awesome and it's fantastic to hear because even for us right we're in the same boat we load up our stuff we have an absolute blast in the tailgate we get excited throughout the week when we post our content, we enjoy posting about the players. We enjoy talking about mm-hmm. the players and the team. We enjoy getting everybody amped up. And you know what? Even if it ends up in a loss, we still had fun with everybody in the process. And then you roll over to the next week, right? Mm-hmm. Sure, you know, maybe wake up a little bit salty on Sunday morning. And maybe in our instance, we got to write the turnover. And we're like, ah, like, don't want to talk about it. But in that moment at the game, and when you're in the moment in the tailgate and you're talking with everybody and everybody's around you, we're all in the same boat. We're all, we're all in the same boat. Yep. We have to deal with the on-field struggles. So, I was like, I mean, I had a question in here. Unfortunately, we're out of time tonight, but what makes a true fan, right? But What makes a true fan is sticking through your team no matter how bad the team is. That is, that is it. That is it. That is the definition. If you stick through your team through the absolute worst of times Mm -hmm. that that is what defines a true fan. So that's where I, you know, I, I, it's not like I gain respect because I have massive amounts of respect for all of our fellow fans. Every fan matters, all of this, but for us seeing how many people stick through with it and seeing all of the fans that day on the tailgate, when we get the win, as if we aren't going to all look at each other at the following tailgate with massive smiles saying, hey, we did it. We did it, guys. We did it. Yeah. No, I agree. I definitely agree. I mean, for myself, is just that I may not necessarily have very many 
years of fandom, but yeah. I can tell you that loyalty is a big one, right? And that you just stick through it. That's the team you pick. You can't be one of those bandwagon fans and just jump ship whenever you know something no, yeah. bad happens. And yeah, I mean, you just can't do that. So, but before we close off, I just want to show this one comment by John that he says, "I just wish they had mini donuts near section W." Yeah. <laughs> and all I'm gonna say to that is that uh, no, probably not, because then I would be all over those all the time. But yes. it would definitely improve the game day experience. Uh, but it's nice that they make us walk to them instead. Of well, them. and it's kind of funny because last game, if you were uh, following us on Twitter, there. If you had seen what we had posted on at the Elks herd, <laughs> I bought a a bucket of mini donuts, and I want to say around seventy five percent of them were eaten by the time we made it home <laughs> from the mini do from the mini donut shop in Commonwealth, because they're still cheaper at Commonwealth than it is at K Days to oh, get definitely. that exact same bucket of mini donuts. It is definitely. absolutely unreal the prices at K Days. <laughs> um, but anyways, that, I, I destroyed those. I consoled myself very, very heavily with that and listened to the rest of the game on 6.30 chat. And <laughs> at, at the end of that game, I said, dang, at least there was relatively cheap mini donuts <laughs> that really made everything taste a lot better and feel a lot better. Um, so guys, we have went a lovely 20 minutes over. That usually means that it was an extremely good episode and we we were loving this conversation. So um, to our viewers, thank you very much. John Kirby is out there in the chat. So John, thank you very much for tuning into the Elf Call. Daryl, thank you very much for joining the herd, man. This was amazing. Yeah, it was good. I might have had something to do with that. 20 minutes over so yeah. oh no no trust me man it's, it's always good when we go over because there's lots to talk about well and i mean especially with the bye week right we're we're in a bye week it's not like we're going to be talking about the team playing or winning or anything that's upcoming with any game in this episode so we wanted to have a fan forum we wanted to hash out a lot of popular topics that are going on in this fan base right now and we re honestly didn't really want to talk about the game. So uh, this worked out perfect. This was an amazing episode. Thank you so much once again, Daryl, for joining us today. Awesome. It was uh, very enjoyable. Anytime, you guys. Perfect, man. And uh, once again, thank you so much to everybody for tuning in and listening to the Elks Call. My name is Scout. This is Catherine. And we are the Elks Herd. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Cheers.